Welcome back to the Timbo Slice podcast featuring Jordan. Today we have our first guest, Dan Hoffman himself. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm glad to be your first guest, even though I wasn't your first choice. Oh, maybe you were, Hoffman. <laughs> maybe you were. Burn. Well, I, I did listen to the last podcast where you were talking about other people that you oh, were <laughs> I guess I guess we can't hide that then. I'm sorry, Hoff. No worries. No worries. So, by way of introduction... Why did we put that on the internet? Yeah, I know. We should have edited that out. <laughs> so, by way of introduction, Dan Hoffman... Um, so, all three of us in the past worked together for a number of years. He is uh, the number one QA analyst in Utah County, if not the world. I'll take it. And um, also an aspiring indie film guy. actor slash sound guy slash everything. Director. Writer, yeah. Producer. We do it all. Awesome. So, why don't you start out by telling us how you got started in QA and and everything that happened while we were working together. Everything? No, not everything, <laughs> but may, maybe uh, the last part, you know? Um, well, let's see. I So, uh, I was going to school for my CS degree, and all I was doing was full-time school, had no income or anything. And I was living with my mom at the time. And one of my teachers suggested a, a place for me to go try. And so I went there and had an interview and they hired me and I was there for about a year. Um, and I actually felt like I enjoyed QA more than I enjoyed programming. So what company was this? Uh, they did a, like websites for colleges, um, SunGuard it was called SunGuard, and uh, it was it was a it was a good experience to learn how to do that because I was you know part time intern, so I didn't have to you know know everything right off the bat. And my first job in QA was awesome, and uh, I. And I came to Exactware, um, which was ten years. So that was a lot of uh, a lot of years, a decade at this place. Um, Did you finish school? Uh, that's a loaded question. I guess <laughs> no, no, I did not finish school. Um, I, so you're one of those breakaway success stories, like a Steve Jobs or a Mark Zuckerberg or insert famous person here that dropped out of college. Do not stay in school, kids. If you want to be like Dan Hoffman, you cannot finish your degree. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm that successful, but you know. Um, but yeah, I, it was the I was going to uh, Salt Lake Community College, uh, the Redwood campus, which is in uh, West uh, Jordan. But driving all the way to the mouth of Provo Canyon every morning and then back was like three hours each day. So I didn't really have a lot of time for school after that. Um, I needed my time for video games. And Indeed. Um, you know, the important things in life. Right. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sad that he couldn't be one traveler and travel both. Dan dropped out of school. True. It's 
So if you could go back in time, Hoff, do you do the same thing? Or would you stay in school? Um, well, if I hadn't have, uh, hadn't had, hadn't had, if I wouldn't have dropped out of school, I wouldn't have worked at exact where I don't think, um, so... I don't know. It's hard to say. So is that a hashtag no regrets? Or is that hashtag maybe regrets? Hashtag. Oh. All right. Um, That's a hashtag. Let's not rip a hole in the space-time continuum. Yeah, I, I agree. We'll stay in the present this time. Hashtag don't. Is that, is that the old Flash movie? Did it come out in the 80s? Didn't Queen do the soundtrack for no, the Flash movie? No, that was the Flash Gordon. Oh, okay. The Flash is the DC Comics guy. Um, Wait a minute. Flash Gordon is not the same as the Flash? No, no. And there's actually multiple Flashes because there's a multiverse and Flash uses the Speed Force to go into different universes. Wait a minute. He can live in whatever universe he wants? Um, there's a Flash in... <laughs> Different unit since it's a multiverse. There's different versions of him of the Flash in the different universes, but he can speak to other versions of the Flash. So, is he comparable to Nightcrawler? Like, could he get out of a prison cell by jumping into another universe where the door is open? Um, he had to have a rather long, uh, at Star Labs, he had a, a long track that he would run and he had to get going really, really fast in order for the space time. All right. So he needs a big track to do this. Yeah, he needs a lot of room. And I don't think a prison cell is going to quite. No. So Night Nightcrawler <laughs> is better than the Flash. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> I don't even. Is know that the takeaway? Marvel so, beats no. DC yet again. It's true. It's true. My favorite. My favorite comic book character is Marvel. So Captain Marvel or belongs to Marvel. Belongs to Marvel. Oh, okay. There would be. You would never guess in a hundred years who this character. Squirrel is. Squirrel Girl. I do enjoy Squirrel Girl. That's my current favorite. <laughs> but my all-time favorite is uh, the Nightcrawler, or uh, Sleepwalker, sorry. Sleepwalker. It's funny. My mom got me a giant encyclopedia, encyclopedia book of Marvel comic book characters, and he's not even in it. What? <laughs> it has a, and it was a, it was a, maybe a three, four-year run. And he's not even in this thing. And they have little comic book characters that were in like one episode of a comic book. I was very disappointed at that. Uh, you own every issue, and are they worth millions? I do own every issue. Wow. Um, I bought them on eBay at one point, and uh, I don't think they're worth millions since they kind of the comic. <laughs> I don't think people enjoyed it enough to. But it was very, it was interesting. Um, and I think the reason why it's my favorite is just because I went to Michigan to visit my, my dad's family. And my aunt bought us some comics. She said, go ahead, pick out some comics. And I'm like, ooh, I want this one. And I, from then on, I decided that was my favorite. Did you look at the cover? 
before I, you I bought always, I always judge a book by its cover. Okay, so the cover looked That's cool, fair. and yeah. that was what pulled you into Sleepwalker Comics. What, what does this guy even do? What are his powers? So I've never heard of at this. The beginning of, <laughs> at the beginning of the comic book, it's basically a guy whose name is Rick Sheridan, I believe. Um, and when he falls asleep, an alien from another dimension comes out of his mind. And so, while he's asleep, there's this sleepwalker alien going around, fighting evil. And then when the guy wakes up, sleepwalker disappears. I don't remember how he winds Did this up. dude even know that this is happening? Not at first. No. And I don't remember how exactly... It's been years since I've read them. But uh, it was just funny to me that just an alien comes out of your dreams while you're sleeping. It's kind of ridiculous. Reminds me a little of that old MTV show. What was the one? But there was an alien in the guy's head. The head. That was the name of the show, too? Pretty sure. Was the head? Where his head was like five feet tall and there was a... Yeah, he had a giant head. And it would crack open. Mm -hmm. There was an alien in there. Yeah. Good old days of liquid TV on MTV. Yeah. That, uh, what was it? Eon Flux came out of that and the Max. Mm -hmm. Those were all really good. So is anyone? So is Eon Flux? It's still going. Has anyone bought the rights? Are they making them? I don't know. Okay. I would guess probably not, since that was what, like nineties. Yeah, nineties, a long time ago. So, and they did that bad movie that was awesome. So, it seems like something they might reboot. Maybe at some point, I would. I would imagine. So, as a filmmaker and a Sleepwalker fan, have you or have you considered making a Sleepwalker film? Uh, we we have talked about doing a fan, a fan, uh, what do they call them, fan version? I don't know. Just where it's, you know, a short film, maybe seven, eight minutes, kind of like how they did. I think there was a Spawn You know, just seven, eight minutes of Sleepwalker. I don't, I don't know. We've talked about it. Um, I don't know where, where that would even go at this point. Because... <laughs> so, we got all the comics. You just got to reread them. I know. He, he wasn't. He was involved in Infinity Wars. Really? Yes. So I don't remember what happened, but oh, okay. So the comic books. He wasn't in the movies, or was no, he in the not, movies? Not unnamed. The movies, not that I saw. <clears throat> There was a lot of people there. Um, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. There are lots of Marvel characters yeah, yeah. in Infinity Wars? Yep. And so... Shocking. Yeah. But... I, it's one thing that, that we, had, uh, we had talked about, but I don't know if it'll ever get done. Awesome. Well, if you do do it, I'll be interested to watch. It, it, would, be, it would be fun. Um... There's other things that we that we had talked about doing, uh, like fan versions of stuff. We wanted to do a live action Freakazoid, but Freakazoid would actually be animated, so it would be a live action plus animation. Have you watched Freakazoid recently? I have. I I bought it on Amazon when it came out, and then I've watched it several. So it's aged super well, then, Freakazoid has? Um, 
I don't know if I'd say that. Some of it's kind of still, you know, 90s cheese, but 90s was great. It takes you to your happy place. Yes, yes, it does. Just let me throw a barrel at it. (laughs) Me and my brother still quote that one. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, Good stuff. Dasho Pepper, right? Yes. This guy's Dasho name. Pepper, yeah. um, and it was actually voiced by the guys that did Johnny Quest. Wait a minute. Every character in Toby Danger yep. was from Johnny Quest? As, as far as I recall. That makes it maybe even it was, better. Maybe it was just the two doctors. Um, but as far as I remember, it was they were all Johnny Quest actors. about this uh the the film stuff you're doing you still have a crew crew of friends that Um, into all this yeah uh so unfortunately um my best friend and the guy that i used to work with a lot on everything uh passed away in january um so it's been i i've been having a hard time trying to get the motivation to work on more stuff for sure but uh yeah a lot of my other friends are still doing a lot of uh movies and i'm super happy that a lot of them are doing really well um so yeah so how, how you been holding up uh it was tough it was super tough at the beginning it's still tough now but at least i am able to uh hold back the torrent of tears yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it's been tough but he was like the the main producer or director of, of what you were doing in the past, right? He was he was uh, basically the other half of of uh, so he had a production company that he called I Am the Killer Films. I don't know why I always thought it was an interesting title, but uh, <laughs> you know. And then he brought me on, and we did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of uh, sound work for him. Um, I, the the one short that I directed, uh, we won an award. Um, so he starred in it. Uh, it was Jason Sakala. He starred in it alongside uh, I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but there was a, a young actress that we hired to be in it for a minute too. Um, but and then uh, the story was written by Tyson Campbell and then I directed it and we won an award for best story so what was the name of this one again this one was uh, keep your fires lit keep your fire bright I think it's keep your fire bright we changed the name several times so and can we watch it on YouTube or do we have to buy a DVD it is on YouTube Um, it's on the I, I forget his page now. Um, it might be the Jace Sellout, J A S E C E L O U D. I think that's his username. So if you if we search for the title of the film, will it come right up? It may. Um, I don't know how he did the tags on YouTube. So what was the name of it? Keep your fire bright. Keep your fire bright. All right, I'm going to try right now while Tim and Dan are. Getting yeah, real. so when, when we find the, the video, we'll put the link in the description to this podcast so all your adoring fans can find it. Excellent. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, it, 
when we first started, you don't realize with just little indie, you know, short stories that are 10 minutes long, you don't realize how much work you actually have to put into that. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's really enjoyable. Dark Christmas Film Festival. That would be the one. 2017. That would be the one. Jason Salah. Yeah, we'll put a link in the comments. Yeah. Or the description, rather. That, uh, yeah. that uh, film festival is great. It's uh, run by Brian Higgins. Um, good guy. It's fun to do do that kind of stuff. It's been, you know, I don't think we did 2018. So did you get cash money for best story? No, uh, we got we got an award. Um, just a little. It was a, a wooden block that's. Uh, I think it's burned the thing into it. Um, so it's pretty awesome. And do you have the wooden block? Who got it? We had them make more for the three of us since he was he was the star. He wanted one since he I guess he paid the entry fee or whatever. I guess he gets the award. But uh, then Tyson wanted one for. Uh, writing the story, and then I wanted one for directing it. So we got three. Was that sitting on your desk at work right now? Dark Christmas Film Festival 2017 Best Story, Daniel um, Hoffman? It's sitting at my house. Um, I have a big I have a big cabinet that has a lot of stupid things on it. So it's sitting with all my stupid things. Um, just makes me laugh. So what happened with your uh, sanitation department... Uh, series that you were going to do? Um, we So we filmed the second half of the pilot and I thought everything was looking really good and then we had people who you know had to go out of town for stuff had other stuff and then once we finally got people that were back other people couldn't make it to stuff so it just it was really uh, kind of a confusing time for a little bit um and so we couldn't get steam going on it again. Um, we've still got a lot of stuff written, uh, but who knows what we're going to do now? Um, because we we'd have to. Uh, We'd either have to refilm the whole thing or, or I don't know, uh, there was talk at one point because we couldn't get the people together to finish that, maybe doing another pilot episode and airing that original pilot episode on a TV or something in the background that would just be kind of funny. Like, because they're, they're on a TV show, um, but they don't ever you know, say they're on a TV show. Okay. So to have them on the TV show in the background and then not even realize that they're on a TV show, I don't know, it was weird. We had, it's, there's a lot of interesting ideas in that show. Hopefully it gets made. Yeah. It sounded pretty good to me. I, w I would really like to do that one day. It would be great. So since Jordan probably hasn't heard anything about this show you yeah what's want, the concept yeah why don't you give him a little pitch <sighs> okay so basically what we used to like to say is it's like the ghostbusters meets the office but there's no ghosts it's monsters that they're fighting 
So right off the bat, we decided there was no ghosts. Comes up later in the show, which is a funny thing. But, uh, you know, and we wanted to have, whenever they killed a monster, we wanted to have the most explosive slime and, you know, kind of thing that we could afford to do just because we didn't, we hadn't, hadn't done a show with slime and whatever flying everywhere. And uh, it was, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so there's four, five characters, um, six characters that are kind of main characters. There's four people that kill monsters. There's the boss, and then there's the scientist. And, you know, scientist comes up with weapons and whatnot. Of Nerf guns that we had painted and added stuff to to make them look like, you know, like men in black weapons. And good times. I had the I had two little tiny, uh, like the little three shot Nerf guns that are like the barrels three inches long or whatever. And I had two of those in my holster on my back. So I could draw from behind. Wait, you're a character in the yeah, show? Yes. My character was named Cheese. Cheese. Yes. His, uh, his, his real name was uh, Wendell. Holy crap, I can't remember. I believe I forgot his name. Oh, that makes me sad. But yeah, so I played, I played one, of the, uh, one of the four people. Um, Jason played another. <laughs> that was not my phone. <laughs> that was my phone. That was uh, that was very professional of me to not turn off my phone. But uh, yeah, so I played one of the four. Uh, Jason played one of the four, and then when we were writing it, I made sure that my character had less lines. Than everybody else, at least the, at least the pilot episode, I made sure to you know make everybody else have more lines than me because I didn't want to have to remember everything. Like I could just be the guy in the background somewhere doing something stupid. And uh, as we started writing more episodes, Jason decided that I didn't have a lot of lines, so he wanted to make an episode. There goes my phone again. Good. Um, he wanted to make an episode that. Uh, focused mainly on me on my character and uh the cheese's dark past it was actually it started out as it was going to be a speed dating episode where cheese goes on speed dates but we switched it to just one date because speed dating would be kind of hard to get into an episode i think it, it's it's kind of tough to write we sat down and tried to write it and we we're just like this is weird but uh, it's it's a uh, it's very entertaining. So you filmed a pilot. We filmed the second half of the pilot. Oh, so yeah. you only have half a pilot. Yes. And can we watch the second half of the pilot on YouTube? I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's been edited yet. Who, who holds the legal rights to the second half of this pilot? Well, it's it was on Jason's computer. 
Um, and then his sister uh, inherited his computer, and so I, they were here last Saturday for a like a celebration of life, and I gave her a hard drive for her to copy his hard drive for me, and just so we could get the stuff that we have finished edited and put that out there. And but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe at one time we'll put it out, but yeah, there was, and it was when we filmed that day it was really windy so we had a lot of uh, recording difficulty a lot of sound on that if, if we were to to throw it out somewhere so getting back to um, your your QA career at Exactware if you don't mind I'd be interested to hear what went down from your point of view, because from, from my point of view, so before um, you were under Dwayne, you were under me as your QA manager. Right. And you were having some struggles with like eye infections, car problems, all sorts of stuff. And, and I was working with you to, to make sure, you know, you're keeping your attendance up and, and working from home when you couldn't get in and, and stuff like that. But then they moved me into project management role and put you under Dwayne. And then how long after that did they terminate you? Uh, a few months. I don't, I don't recall. It was, it was, a, um, I was, uh, I was having a lot of, uh, mental stress at the time. So I was, I was going through some depression and some Even, uh, you know, it was like a no call, no show and basically said that's, we, you know, we can't really, can't really do that. So prior to that, what was, was going on? Like, were, were you getting any kind of help from management or were there any like plans or, or expectations set? Like, like were they working with you at all? Um, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne was doing a lot. He was trying to uh, work with me how he could. Um, but, you know, it just it became too much of a much of a thing and had to terminate me. So it was uh, it was hard, especially the place where I was at already. And then not having, you know, not having a job that didn't help. Right. And, it was it was a rough patch for a while, for sure. So I'm glad to hear that that Dwayne was working with you and and that you were getting some support because from the outside it almost looked like you know like it was unexpected when you got terminated like you didn't see it coming and well to be honest I really didn't but you know I kind of you know I thought I thought we had worked. A little bit, but he was saying that I had uh, I had made a mention in a chat on like Tuesday night or something, and then he didn't hear anything back from me until I came in on Friday.
I, I don't I don't blame him at all. Uh, that was I had a lot of stuff going on. So things better now. Uh, a bit. They they were getting there, and then you know the whole uh, Jason passing away in January stuff kind of pushed me back down the hill. But at least I'm you know I'm working now, so it's about all I can hope for at this point. You're still on contract, right? Yes. And, you, and you, you mentioned the other day you're waiting to hear on Tuesday to see if they even continued it, right? Well, so Friday was the end of my last contract extension. And so I emailed because the, uh, the uh, uh, recruiter company that I'm working for does not communicate very well. So Thursday I emailed and said, hey, have you heard anything about an extension? Didn't hear anything back. Friday, I emailed him again in the morning. Hey, you know, should I plan on coming in on Monday or what? And I got a call at about noon. And he said, the guy who is over the account is out of town. So we don't know anything. And I'm just like, what? Uh, aren't you... The recruiter, the guy that is supposed to be helping me out, aren't you supposed to be taking care of this right. kind of stuff? Sounds like they're not on top of things over there. Yeah. But, you know, they I can't complain too much because they did get me the job and it was quick. It was like a Thursday afternoon. I got an e or I got a call from the guy saying, Hey, there's this place. They're looking for somebody immediately. Uh, they said you have a lot of experience interview tomorrow it's like oh that's great so thursday I had to get the call friday afternoon i go in for the interview um and after the interview the guy was like well we'll give you a call or, or your recruiter or whatever and so i go home and i'm sitting there maybe about six o'clock at night i'm like i haven't heard anything and six o'clock's usually end of end of day so that kind of sucks i don't know I, I guess maybe i didn't get it um so i find my boss on LinkedIn and I friend him or whatever. And I sent him a message. So I haven't heard anything from you or the recruiter. And, you know, he said end of business day. He's like, Oh yeah, well we wanted to have you come in. Um, I, th I think Monday was a holiday. So he's like, we wanted to have you come in on Tuesday. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. And then like an hour or two after that, I got a call from my recruiter saying, yeah, so they want you to come in um, on Wednesday because we have to fill out some paperwork and stuff on Tuesday and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, going from from Thursday to I had a job, it was, yeah, that's, that it was really, really nice. Yeah. Usually it takes way longer than that to get something set up. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really nice. Um, so. so, the question all your fans are wondering is do you ever see yourself working for exact we're in the future again um honestly the the benefits alone were really good um you know just being contract is a completely other thing but my my benefits are just terrible right now um but i don't know i i I, I probably could, but I don't know if 
they would have me back because of the whole thing. But you never know. I mean, um, despite how things turned ended up in you know at the end, you still have a lot of people who respect you and know what you bring to the table, right? Yeah. They know your skill set and and how I'm effective sure. you were and I'm and sure so I still have a lot of that knowledge. Right. And so after 10 years. So the thing is is you know, if you came back and said, "Hey, you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm back on track, ready to go." Then, you know, there's a good chance that that, you know, people would be okay with that, I think. Yeah, we have to see. Um, cuz when Got terminated. Nate had sent me a message saying, "Hey, I didn't know you quit. You know, if you want to come work for me, let me know." I was like, "Well, you know, I didn't really, didn't really quit." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so he, I think he kind of, I don't even know if he he checked it up on after that if, if he could bring me onto his team or what. But yeah, so. I don't know. We'd have to. We'd, we'd have to see. It would. It would be a. It would be interesting. Um, the the real reason I'm asking is because when I when I'm running this company, Hoff, I'm gonna want to bring you back. Okay. So. I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you. So there you go. Um, so along the lines of, you know, we, we've mentioned a number of times already in this conversation that you have legendary. QA skills. So, can you give any advice to aspiring QA experts on how to be like you, how to get to where you are, how to develop the skills? What's what is it that is the source of the Hoff magic? That's what we're trying to get out here. Um. Uh, <laughs> well, I would say it definitely took me a little while to, uh, to hone my skills to the point where they are, um, or at least where they were. I'm still working on them again, um, since I had whatever it was, uh, but there's a, a lot of, uh, just... And, and it's it's dumb to say because everybody says it, but there's a lot of just thinking like the customer. So you get into something, you know, you pretend like you're a customer that has no idea what's going on, like they're new to the program going, well, what happens if I press this button? What happens if I do this? Um, you know, what can I, can I mix this kind of functionality together to get some kind of desired output and that's usually where I find a lot of places that the developers had not mm -hmm. really considered that these kind of functions would act, act together. Now, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's just little things. Um, having the, ex the, uh, the experience that I did, and maybe it's that I retained. program 
it that I you know flip through my normal kind of every day, go through the program and just look at it. And if something looked wrong, like something looks wrong on this page, let me figure it out. Oh, there's a button missing. Okay, well let's find out why the button's missing. That kind of thing. So. So my assessment of you was that your your effectiveness or your your skill level came from a combination of two things. One would have would be the the knowledge, having a ton of knowledge, retaining a lot of knowledge, learning the ins and outs of of every part of the software application. And the second part was your ability to kind of just like go very deep into the application and think of all sorts of crazy stuff. Whereas I, I think most, most people who do the QA job just kind of test what is, what is expected of them. You know, like maybe they follow a script or, or they do the minimum. Yeah. Or yeah. Surface level. Whereas, whereas you, you would kind of explore everything you could, everything you could think of that was related to the, the area that got changed or, or that was broken or, or whatever. And, and so I think those are the two main things that you excelled with. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, there's also, when I, when I first started, I did get thrown into a uh, payment tracker, which Everything about that kind of helped me out to where I was, to where I could, you know, think about different parts of the program interacting together, and and yeah, that I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does because it's a it's a very complicated part, of the software that that basically is touched by everything else that that it does. So. So one thing I'm asked frequently is about the value of of QA trainings or certifications that are that are offered by you know third parties. Have you ever done any of those, and do you have any opinion on on whether or not they're worthwhile or effective? Um, I haven't done any uh, any third party ones. I did like the, the trainings that we would have here. Um, we would have what was it every Friday. Obert would have us, you know, a random person do a training on a small part of the application. And so you're actually learning. You, you would either do something that you know or something that you want to learn. And so you would, you know, you could, you could study up on how something actually worked before you gave this training. Um, as far as the third-party ones, I've, I've thought about doing it, but I haven't actually put forth the effort. So what about, you know, like books or, or YouTube videos or have you ever done any kind of like research or study on, on QA as a discipline? Um, I might have read a couple books in the past, but I'm not a huge reader. Um, I don't know. It just has never been. think whatever is going to help you you should try it out um like obviously try a training try reading a book if any of those things give you 
what you're looking for and then Sounds good. So do you see yourself doing QA for the rest of your career or is there something else that you eventually want to shift into? Do you ever want to be full time into making films, that sort of thing? Like what's, what's, what lies in the future for Dan Hoffman? Um, I've never really been one to look into the future much. Um, and maybe that's just my personality. Maybe, I don't, I don't know, but like people say, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, five years is a long time yeah. away. I, there's so much that I could be doing differently than I am now. Um, so as far as an, an end goal, I don't know, just enjoy what I'm doing, no matter what it is. Uh, if I change careers, if I change whatever just you know kind of the philosoph philosophical word I'm looking philosophical for. <laughs> yes that's the word um that you know kind of you know follow your bliss um so as long as you you enjoy what you're doing something like that right um so I would actually add a third, a third thing that I think made you really effective as a QA analyst. And that would be that you seem to legitimately enjoy testing software. And that's, am I correct in that? Yes. yes. And that's, that, that seems very uncommon. I mean, it, it's, it probably is. It's, it's kind of a, I don't know, tedious job to most people i think most people see it as a as a way to get their foot in the door into some other kind of tech job whether it's project management right. development um whatever you know and so there, there are only a few individuals probably that still work at exact where today that that legitimately enjoy doing qa if any and so so yeah what, what do you like about it um, one thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm a frequent user of different types of software, you know, um, not really because I haven't been, you know, my laptops hasn't even been opened for like three months. playing a video game and you'd find a bug you're like what is this you know just just getting that frustration and understanding that frustration as a customer um being able to test the software and go oh hey look this is what i found this is going to be you know nobody's going to have to worry about this issue in the future because i found it now um so there's that kind of you know Do you feel uh, some people say like the, the thing that probably appeals to me the most, for example, out of out of all the aspects of software testing would be kind of the, the challenge, like finding 
finding the thing that the designer or the developer didn't think of or or coming up with some crazy combination of steps that will produce an unexpected result like that kind of the, the game of that is kind of what interested me right. is is that something that you are yeah. into too that's that's kind of like the second half of it is it's like you know in, enjoying like I think when I started, I kind of tried to make it into a game. Like, okay, well, I did this test case in 20 minutes. Next time I do it, let's see if I can do it faster, if I can remember the steps, if I can, you know, kind of branch off from the exact steps and see if something else will will fail. Um, and so there's there's you know the, the the kind of gaming aspect to it too, um, and then there's also find getting getting some code and going, let's see what I can break in this developer's code now, and that kind of thing. Which you know, I, I don't know why I, I enjoy. Oh, uh, your code broke. Uh, your code broke. <laughs> But you know you don't you don't say that to the developers because that's just you know you want to be on good terms right with them you want to you want to be nice to the developers so that you know if you have an issue you say oh hey by the way I just found this is that supposed to happen or what's the expected functionality you don't go hey guess what your coding sucks this is broken and, right because because then you know. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to answer yeah. your questions. You know, you just you want to be you want to be friendly um, with the developers. Uh, Absolutely, isn't that right, Jordan? That is right. That is affirmative. Don't be a jerk. People won't like you. I agree. So it sounds like the the main thing you liked about the the job of software testing, though, is is making sure that people who use it don't have a crappy experience. Correct. Like, like you feel good when you find something that would have ruined the experience or made people upset or, right. or destroyed their workflow or whatever. And you, you caught it and you made sure it didn't get shipped. Right. Um, like, like, uh, I also used to make a game of, uh, when we first got 27, in waterfall at the time so we got our first build of 27 and i just went okay time to let's see how many defects i can find and i logged 111 defects in one week dang dude because it was it was our first build so it was not it was not solid at all yeah it was it was going to be filled with issues and so that was you know right new software let's see what i can find what can, what i can break um just that kind of that's always entertaining too did you ever have experiences where where people seem to dislike the fact that you were good at your job like where where you're writing up a bunch of defects and and it hurt somebody's ego maybe because they wrote that code or maybe because they thought that their product was in a good state and you kind of shattered that, that illusion. 
Yeah, um, we've I've I've had a couple of occasions where, you know, it would be like, here's some new functionality. Go ahead and test this, and then uh, it was a uh, Joe Myers and myself. We were testing something. saw the developer go to the product manager and then the product manager deleted some of those defects um, instead of yeah or Jira maybe depending yeah, on Jira yeah because yeah, uh, and he would also the, the product manager most of the times would uncheck everybody's name from the email. Uh, oh, so they wouldn't get a notification that yes, it was deleted. No notifications. I did get one notification one time that said, this has been deleted. And I was like, oh, good. So not non-defected, not closed. Not What's your opinion of why he was doing that? I really don't know. Um, I mean, it, it makes it makes uh, it makes your numbers look better if you yep. if you don't have you know if you have to pass something on to the the C level you know people then the less better um, but I don't know that's my suspicion as well. So that was that was a weird weird thing, but good times. Yeah, yeah back <laughs> in the day. Fortunately, we we haven't had anything like that happen lately, where where things are getting deleted. Um, the, the one thing that's that people still kind of complain about is every now and then defects will get closed just because they're kind of old. Yeah, even though they haven't been re-verified or retested or whatever. Right. Um, These are over a year old, so we're going to close all of them. What? Why? <laughs> they're they're still valid. Just because you close them does not mean they're they've gone away. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing is though is lately we've been we've been focusing more on quality and, and fixing defects and getting rid of technical debt, so um, I think our, our account has been steadily declining, whereas typically in the past it, it always was steadily climbing, right? Right. They, they never got the, uh, the, uh, the decline. Right. But I think we have a downward trajectory now, so I mean, that's really good. I hope we continue that until we get all the way down to like zero or, or you know, at least get everything but the trivials out of the way, right? You know, right, like, right. That's another thing that always, that always bugged me too with our with our defect logging was that we had eight priorities. Not going to do anything below like the top medium. Two. Yeah. Why bother having anything below medium? If you can even get down to medium, right? Right. So you got yeah. critical and major, yeah. Major and then high and then medium. And it's just like why bother having all these extra levels if you're not going to even do anything with them. Yeah. But 
on the bright side, I think we're handling that a lot better now. That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. We just need the, the legendary QA guy back in the office finding everything. We need the, uh, I was trying to I don't know. Nothing flew into my head really quickly enough, and so... Sir Hofferton, the chair slayer. The chair slayer, yeah. I think that's still written on my uh, office wall. That was uh, the, the one time I broke wheels on my chair, and it was two wheels at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Nate used to break wheels like once a month because his cords would get tra trapped underneath his wheels or mm -hmm. something, and he'd be sliding on the, the mat, and just you'd hear a snap. Just kind of funny that the only time I ever did it. Dude, yeah. It's quite the feat. Yeah. I think I might have fallen over it, too. So, next thing we wanted to ask you about, Hoff, was your opinion of Donald Trump as a president. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say I'm probably more. I feel like a lot of the issues that we have with politics right now is, uh, left versus right absolutely so it's, I agree. it's not it's not a we need to work together to improve this it's let's see if we can make the other party mad um, which is just a really stuff that he's done in the past that you just kind of look at and go what <laughs> what <laughs> what um but, you know, I, it's, and I've said this, I, I said this even when Obama was president, you know, and, and other presidents that POTUS has to be one of, if not the hardest job yeah. in the world because you're leading an entire country. Um, so it's, you know, everybody, everybody's going to be, no matter what you do, there are going to be people that hate you. Yeah, right. almost half of them, right? Yes, yes. So it's, I don't know. I I don't really agree with some of the stuff that he's done in the past, but, you know, I'm, I didn't vote for him. So I, I don't know. Would you take the job? <laughs> There's an election coming up, you know. I, yeah. I do. I do. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I am very political-minded. I don't think I have the... Uh, ...power like that, because, you know, people that become president, that's, that's what they want. They want the power. Some, some might say that's what qualifies you the most, Dan. 
Some might also say that the only person who should be president is someone who doesn't want the job. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, uh, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I could do a very good job. I am not, I'm very laid back. I don't think I would be the kind of person that would go, err, err, war. Well, maybe so, we, maybe you, that's a good thing, right? Well, you got to have at least some of that in you. I suppose. The willingness to be able to do that kind of thing. And I don't think I have the, uh, the willingness to be able to go, yeah, okay, um, let's go to war or whatever. Let's, let's have a drone strike. Let's do whatever. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of money is spent on defense when it could be spent many other places. Absolutely. Or just not taken from you, right? Right. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that, Hoff. So, I don't know. Fair answer. I like it. That's better than I expected to give. <laughs> it was good. It was good. So you're not voting for him in 2020, I'm assuming? Uh, most likely not, but I guess it kind of depends on who the other person is, too. Fair enough. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that Hillary would have been a better choice because... Who knows? Right. You know, it went it went one way, and that's the only way we're going to know. Exactly. So. But I'm willing to go on the record here and now today, Hoff, saying that if you are on the ballot against Donald Trump, I would vote for you. Awesome. <laughs> Can Tim count on your financial support? <laughs> Isn't it the other way around? If he's the candidate, aren't I supposed to be donating? I thought you him? were buttering him up so you could borrow money or something. No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Please, Midge. They're going to take my thumbs. It's a Simpsons reference. Which episode? I don't remember that one. I can't remember. But Mo just shows up randomly. Sounds like Mo saying. <laughs> yeah. He's in trouble and he needs money. That's usually the case, right? Have you been uh, Have you been playing any good board games lately? Yeah. So, um, have I talked to you about Pandemic Legacy already? <laughs> Uh, is that the one in the winter? No, no, that's... Are you talking about Dead of Winter? Oh, that's the one that I was thinking of. Okay, yeah. Here. Dead of Winter is awesome. Phenomenal game. Um, really yeah, you've played that with me before. Um, so, Pandemic Legacy Season 2, we haven't finished yet. Those are both great. If you're into board games and you can get the same group over and over, the Legacy games just, I think, are, are awesome. So Pandemic Legacy is great. Gloomhaven, like the, the one you pointed out in my trunk while we were coming in. That one's awesome. Um, and then I just got the expansion for Dinosaur Island. Did you play Dinosaur Island with me before? I don't think so. That's the one where you kind of like build your own Jurassic Park versus everyone else trying to build their own Jurassic Park. And oh, nice. um, you're competing to get more visitors and better attractions and... Do things dinos. come off the rails? They absolutely yeah. can. The dinosaurs can Because escape. Jordan, life finds a way. It sure does. Uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so is one of the 
is a strategy in the game. Could you like sabotage other people's parks so you that can't. the dinosaurs will get out? You can't. No. That seems like the best way to win the dino park race. You just, you is just, just let other people's dinos out. Card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, maybe they added that. So I haven't played the expansion yet. Um, Ark has been Newman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if if they added stuff like that, but. Um, they did add some additional mechanics to the game, and I haven't tried the expansion yet. Still still planning to do it. Um, probably over the next, uh, let's see, probably next month, my younger brother's coming into town, and we typically play board games when he's around. And so, um, yeah, we're going to have to play Totally Liquid. That's what the expansion's called, because it adds water dinosaurs and because, you know, you know liquid assets. You know what I'm saying, Jordan? You get it? I guess so. That's some okay <laughs> wordplay. I've heard better. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Um, so definitely need to play that, and I can let you guys know how it goes. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was thinking about picking up that uh, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons. Dude. Dude. That'd be fun. Um, we have to keep the tradition of talking about Dungeons and Dragons before we end the yeah. podcast. So, Hoff, have you played recently? Do you play at all? Not, not recently. It's been maybe a year and a half or something. That's it? That's a lot more frequent than me. So did it well, just we, fizzle out because people couldn't get together? We wanted to play uh, like a quick, uh, just a one-day campaign because we hadn't played in a long time. Jason and BRDM, um, and we had a, a couple more people there, uh, but it was it was kind of an intro to his campaign in case we wanted to, you know, do this. I have a hard time uh, with commitments and uh, my, my own personal time where I'm not playing games or watching movies. Oh, so you were one of the so people that disbands the group. I, I would have been, yeah. It, it would have been tough for me to, uh, you know, and, and even this morning it was like, oh man, I guess I gotta go. Oh, <laughs> for like half oh, a second. Man. For like half a second. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Hoff is afraid of Tim. And very few other people. I think I think it's more than it's more just leaving the house. <laughs> I'm like I don't want to leave the house. Okay, I guess I'll go. But you know, had I had to do it for you guys. Yeah, well, we're, we're glad you came and, and wanted, eternally grateful. I wanted to be the first guest. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Yes. So what about you, Tim? Did you manage to get your character killed this week, or someone else's character no, killed? Um, or what did you kill? Tyler. Tyler almost died, though. Yeah. We, we Should he have died, or was the DM pulling punches so that Tyler wouldn't cry? No, he. I would. like Tyler, by the way. I'm not poking fun at Tyler. I would cry too if yes. my character died. He just went put to, your heart, your soul into that character. He just went down in one hit, um, which seems to be the theme for our party. Oh, so he was a victim of the dice. Yeah. So we we actually had two fights. So we're we're exploring like a like a almost like a necromancer's lair underneath a house. Wait a minute! Didn't you just Start out 
I forget what what level are all your characters. We're all level two right now. Level two. So at level two, a group of level twos can take on a necromancer. I mean, we're hoping he's not there. Or is he a rookie necromancer? Maybe he, he found his dad's spell book in the <laughs> liquor cabinet. He thought <laughs> it would be around. fun to bring some zombies to life. Perhaps. Um, yeah. So there there were two encounters. One we fought we fought a insect swarm, which was interesting because um, so you know. I, Pretty much everyone took their turn, tried to, like, fight it with weapons and whatnot. And I was like, step aside, boys. Let me show you how it's done. And then I threw burning hands out and just, like, decimated these insects. Well, kind of. I rolled really low on the damage, unfortunately. And so it wasn't completely but wiped out. But their insects isn't low damage enough to kill them all? Well, it, the thing is, is... Um, Are these, like, it, uh, it was, it was Cretaceous still, period insects? They're probably a little bit large, but... The thing is, is yeah, Burning Hand is very effective because it's an area effect spell, whereas you could do the same amount of damage hitting with a sword, but it's hardly going to scratch its form, right? It's just I cannot imagine anyone killing bugs with a sword. Exactly. You'd have to be mentally ill to <laughs> attempt that, right? What about those electric tennis rackets? Well, that's yeah. different, right? That's like more like a, an electrified swatter. Yeah. So the uh, yeah, so people are trying to fight the swarm with like weapons and stuff, and I come in and I'm like, out of the way, burning hands, boom, and I torched the majority of them, and there's still some left, and then Tyler's character, he he casts speak with animals, runs into the swarm and uses intimidate on it, and succeeds, and so it dispersed. Wait a minute. If a swarm of insects cannot be intimidated by a bunch of dudes <laughs> with Throwing swords. fire out of their hands. Yeah. yeah. So you control fire and you're way bigger than them, right? So here you are, these Godzilla figures. And they, they attacked you? They started it? Yeah. Yeah, they started it. So, I don't know. It seems like some creatures should be immune to magical sort of fear. Unless, like, you cast some illusion spell to make you look like one of their main predators, right? Maybe. Other than that, why would they run? Yeah, but, I mean, I guess he effectively communicated with them somehow, magically. And a little beat hands for Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh, so after that we fought, I forgot what the name of the creature was, it looked like something made by H.P. Lovecraft. It was like a it was like a snake. One of the great ones? Yeah, it was It was a snake with tentacles around its head and a beak. So it was... Octopus with a snake body? Yeah. Yeah. It was something like that. You could have sold that to the circus, you know, instead of killing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it would have been a lot better for your career. It, like, grabbed Tyler with its tentacles and then, like, struck him, like, right in the heart with its beak or whatever, and he went down in one hit. But... Oh man, we, we had an epic moment actually. This is this is great. So So Tyler goes down, he's in trouble. Um and the snake thing is, is still like sitting right next to him. And so I I decide to use my firebolt spell. So I, I roll to hit it, and I roll an eight. And we already know that a thirteen doesn't hit at this point. But a fourteen does. And so I roll an eight. <laughs> this is including my bonus, too. So that means I roll. I technically rolled three plus five. So I roll a three to hit Hoff. Plus five, so I'm at eight. 
Before Tyler went down, he used Bardic Inspiration on me. So I have the ability to roll a d6 and add the result of that to my attack. So I'm, so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, if I use it right now, I'd have to roll a 6 to get 14. We know a 13 doesn't hit. 14 might. So 1 in 6 chance that I'm going to roll what I need to potentially hit this thing. I don't know if I should use it. And Tyler's like, but, but I'm down on the ground. You know, like I'm in trouble. This is your chance to do it. Just do it. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I roll it. Comes up a six, Jordan. Comes up a six. And so the DM's like, it hits. I'm like, yes. So I grab the D10 for damage. Okay, it's just one D10 damage. I'm like, come on. I got to hit this hard enough to kill it. I roll a 10, Jordan. A 10. Two perfect rolls in a row. Explode the thing's face. Save Tyler's life. It was awesome. And Tyler was like, you almost didn't even make the attack. You almost, you almost didn't even use the inspiration because you thought it wasn't going to be worth it. Yet it saved his life, Jordan. He owes you a life in that debt now. Kind of, but I was only able to save his life because he gave me the inspiration. Oh, so he doesn't feel like he owes you a life debt? I said kick uh, him out of the maybe. party. Yeah, maybe he's just ungrateful. Let's do the know. taker. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lousy mooch, a leech. Maybe. Tyler, you're out of the party. You heard it on the podcast. I wonder if he listens. I think I sent him the links. But well, you're maybe. doubly out of the party if you're not subscribed. <laughs> oh, snap. Jordan has spoken and his word is law. It's a good thing I subscribed that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time to go get some lunch, guys. Yeah, let's go eat. It's been over an hour. Sounds good to me. It's been great, Hoff. Anything, any parting words? Anything you want to plug? Um, how about a joke? I got a really bad joke for you. Yes, please. What do you think about the best thing? What's the best thing about living in Switzerland? Cheese, uh, chocolate? The flag's a big plus. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because it's true. You don't have any kids. You're not allowed to tell dad jokes. Come on. I said bad joke, not dad oh, joke. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's it for episode three. Thanks to our special guest, Dan Hoffman. We'll put his link to the, his, uh, his video that he won an award for in the description. So check it out. And until next time. Bye-bye. Peace out.